Hey, welcome back everybody. This is the You Need to Know. And if you haven't listened in a while, we've got something cool for this week. So we got an expert on that's going to take a question that was asked and she's going to answer it. But first, we better hear that question. And we got to hear the question first. So this question is coming out of Iowa and uh, this gentleman has taken a soil seminar and is looking through his sample results and needs to apply some form of calcium. Likely will be applying egg lime is what he says, but he's not sure how to figure out how much to apply. Is there a way to determine what his baseline calcium needs should be? And and so that's what brought Marsha, Marsha Cripps, into this conversation because as experts, we can flip through this and we may pass, follow, answer. And Marsha answered this question and answered it in a way very similar to exactly how I was thinking. I had more questions. And so uh, I kind of want to hear how your response went on that. Correct. So I responded, hi, please do not apply lime unless you have a low pH. Gypsum is a way cheaper and better alternative. And to answer his question more directly, yes, there is a way to determine your baseline calcium needs. You take a soil test and get it sent to a lab. Right. And so if you're if you're going to lime, the reason you're liming is you have acid pH, right? And the lime calcium carbonate is a very specific source that would help increase your pH again. Oh, yes, it will. It's a soil amendment. I want to make that very clear that lime's a soil amendment. It will amend your soil and it's a pH adjuster. So whenever I see lime or sulfur thrown around uh, in my head, I've got alarm bells going off. Like, warning, warning, this will adjust your pH. <laughs> which which they can do. And yeah. and depending on your soils and situation, uh, sometimes that's an economical thing and sometimes that's not an economical exactly. thing. Yep. But no, uh, this uh, individual, I really hope, uh, did get an actual soil test and has a pH reading now. And uh, from that pH reading, knows hopefully knows that um, if the pH is low, that yes, lime would be the right way to go to fix that pH. But if he's just trying to get calcium, then calcium sulfate or gypsum is the best way to go. And also, it's just a heck of a lot cheaper, too, and a better alternative for him. Yeah, there was no mention in here of what the pH of this soil was. So that if uh, you're, you're going to be using a lime source, you, you better know where you're starting because you can you can do some things that you really don't want to do. And I guess that's, that's pretty much how you, why you answered that. But I mean, we know, we know people that are, uh, doing that on soils that are seven, five, and they're, they're putting it on there because they, they think they know what the problem is, but they're, they're going to make it worse. So you're, you're absolutely right. You gotta, you've got to get a test and you got to go from there and, and then know what, what product is going to do what for you. And to anybody that's listening on here that doesn't have uh, the soil science or background knowledge, if you're at home or whatever, I highly encourage that you Google nutrient availability pH. And I think uh, image shows up on Google. And I highly urge anybody that's growing for a living or is an agronomist to burn this image into their brain. That's what I tell all my students that you burn this one image into your brain. And it's a picture of all the macro and micronutrients and then in color coordination their availability based on the ph that it's at and at seven 
it's pretty much at green. And then when you go past seven, then it starts to become red. And I always uh, encourage anybody, if you're confused about pH or why we're trying to beat this um, home, it's that graphic right there will really, I think, make sense for people. And then, yeah. So if you're at home listening, check it out. So the, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that chart because that's exactly what I was thinking about. And so you sit in the center of that chart and that is 7 pH. Let's, let's call it uh, 6.0 to 7, your ideal range for the mm-hmm. maximum availability of all nutrients happens to be, well, most nutrients that, that are in the your 16 essentials. But as you deviate to one side where you have high pH or you deviate to the other that has low pH, you start to see tie-up issues. And that's why the whole, that's why your comment came like, I I hope you're not using lime as a calcium source if you don't need, you know, if you have high pH soils based on your soil test, because if you start increasing your soil pH, typically it's high in calcium carbonate. Well, that is what lime is. And so when you get to that seven and a half and over in pH and you're on the far side of that availability chart, you'll see that everything becomes less available. And that's because there's lots of tie-up issues that will happen specifically with calcium carbonate. Yeah. So no, that's a very important driver. And I'm glad we're driving that home in this conversation. And another thing I also want to point out to a lot of people, I think it's just misleading with uh, pH. Like you're going from seven to eight, like you don't think that's a big number. And I think people forget that pH or potential hydrogen is logarithmic. That scale is logarithmic. Mm-hmm. You're not just going one unit. You're going way more than one, like 100, to get to the next one. Right. It, 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 it's like every point you move, it's in like the power of 10. And so you'd move the power of 10 from 7 to 8. But if you go from 7 to 9, now you're talking to the power of 100, the power of 10 times the power of 10. And, and so it becomes an exponential scale as you move it's not just a it's not like hey i have this many pounds of nutrient and i know i need this many pounds of nutrient to apply to my soil to get this yield it's not like that if you want to move your ph from you know 7.0 to 7.5 it would take an incredible amount of lime to do so and i think people forget forget that it's just this is a logarithmic scale that you're working with and no i think uh the important driver here is to understand what you're tools i call soil amendments tools actually do and use them appropriately and yeah, that's you don't in, you in the state of north dakota you don't really we got uh soils that i deal with here we're probably anywhere from i'm i'm never under a seven and I, i'll go probably low, like seven two probably as low as i go and it'll go as high as probably an eight three you don't ever hear anything about lime in in that context but and and we're we're higher rainfall and uh probably more conventional farming but if you go out the western part of the state where kyle's at it's no till less rainfall and they they do have a ph issue and it's a low ph issue so now this whole topic i was kind of interested in the, the question is like that's there is we have to lime or should be looking at lime but it's not like flat rate lime there's there's surprisingly there's a lot of variability in soils <laughs> well yeah, and, even when you just walk a little bit it's changed yeah. right and and truth be told i i believe most precision agriculture adoption 
for variable rate fertility is mostly variable rate line, not variable rate NP or K. I, I, I believe you go just about anywhere outside of maybe the Dakotas and and northern Minnesota and you get into where liming is more of a regular application and variable rate is a, a very commonplace thing for lime and it's not for other nutrients because it's spatially it, it changes across the field so readily. I mean that that is the issue we have in the the southwestern part of North Dakota where I live is we, we have elevation change in fields uh you know some fields are relatively flat but we have elevation change of upwards of a hundred feet. In, in elevation change in some fields. And wherever you have your higher organic matter, your lower swales, or typically your higher producing area, you you have more organic matter. There's more mineralization there. And that's actually where we're seeing our lower pHs. And as you go across, and I've seen them down as low as the high fours. And as you go, oh, wow. yeah. And as you go across hilltops, they'll be up to like 8.1, 8.2. In the same exact field. Oh my. Yeah. And so when you take a regular composite soil test, a lot of that gets masked. Mm-hmm. You, you're not, you're not oh, seeing yeah. that. You're missing it. Yeah. You're, you, you miss it. And so I can see in the future for us, variable rate line will be definitely a big player as we start or as we keep uncovering this, this pH issue that we're dealing with. Correct. But you found all that information out by actually physically going out there and taking a test. Yes, yeah, that, that, right. that, that comes back to the main story. And we talked about that earlier is that, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll reference back to this question. There's things that we don't necessarily know and we're making assumptions on some of this because he says he references soil tests. But, you know, how many years ago were these soil tests? How were those soil samples taken and how did you achieve those results? And, and so that's the big thing. I guess big takeaway I want to give people listening is one of the least expensive things you can do on your farm is take a soil sample. And it just, it, it's like the, the gauge that reads your gas tank. Would you go driving on a road trip and not know how much gasoline you have in your vehicle? How do you know when to stop and, and refill? You know, there, there's a lot of inefficiencies there. You could be running out of fuel in between gas stations, or you could be filling up so often that you take a lot of extra time on your trip. And and so one shouldn't be thinking about farming that way. You should just be taking the soil sample, know where you're at, and and know how to adjust for maximum efficiency. Well, when I was in, I was in Minnesota, uh, the one crop that you really got to pay attention to was alfalfa because it, it, that was, that's a very pH-sensitive crop. You, you don't want to be under 6.5 things you just don't grow very good alfalfa at all so you, you had to be you had to prep for that make sure that you were everything was ready to go or else it was and if you had poor alfalfa you had you didn't have much dairy production through cows so it was yeah. it was critical no i think uh soil sampling proper soil sampling should be an annual thing and uh needs to be done uh i think the thing that bothers me most is when i see anybody try to make a recommendation off of a old soil sample. Like to me, that is like a doctor going to prescribe medication on a three-year-old blood test. Like you could possibly die. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of factors that change in that amount of time. Exactly. So that's the uh, analogy I use when people get a little, uh, when I get pushback on, Oh, why should I pay? What? what what's a soil test? $25 to go do this. It's like, mm-hmm. well, would you forego a blood test before you go and get medication? 
you wouldn't do that. And I hope if a doctor makes a writes you a prescription off of a three year old uh, blood test that they get their license revoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> but, but that's it's um, it was it was a good question. Uh, I we just it was great to have uh, Marsha on here because it's like we're trying to pull some of the experts in. You can hear their expertise uh, and dealing with. Uh, some of these questions. So it's uh, uh, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Have you ever run into any crops or, or anything around liming that uh, has caused problems before? Thanks for having me. And uh, interesting thing is uh, my family used a lot of lime with blueberries and they lived in a part of Northern Michigan that uh, did kind of like what you're describing. Kyle had low pH, like the high fours and they would lime lime it in that situation but obviously uh you know blueberries like they do like acid soils yeah they do like acids they just uh where they live they needed it but uh it's a funny story because my yeah it was too acidic um and it's a funny story about lime um the first time i ever heard about it was from my grandpa and my dad and they didn't understand the science of it but they'd always tell me lime sweetens the soil that's the first time i ever heard (laughs) and i was like like oh what's it do they're like they're like it sweetens the soil, makes it sweeter, so then the blueberries can grow. And once I finally like went to college and you know studied agronomy, I was like, so it raises the pH. And then they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, no, it sweetens the soil. I was like, no, it raises the. <laughs> That's what it does. I was like, just in order to memorize it in college, I always said lime it up, like to like remember. Oh yeah, lime pulls the pH up. And then whenever I said sulfur, I said sulfur it down. So I remember that the ph down but yeah so that was my first interaction with uh lime was uh with my own family and uh yeah they called it a soil sweetener i'm going to be using that now i'm going to sweeten oh, no. my soils <laughs> i like it oh, no. uh no but That's this funny. this the whole idea behind this egg visor pro app is yes you can anonymously ask questions and yeah. you'll get a whole group of people that will give you some answers and are we specifically answering this gentleman's question? Not necessarily directly answering, but we're 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 trying to fill in the the holes we would see in this. But if you are the person asking this question and you get four or five individuals answering, that's the idea behind this app is that you can get further into the discussion and work with an agronomist that really has some subject matter knowledge, in this case, knowing more about just where and when would you need more calcium in your fertility program? And you can have right. a very... Or you can get small, smart, smarter people than you, like Jason and Kyle, since, you know, you're a green person. <laughs> or you're greener in your career. So, <laughs> yeah, somebody that's got a little more gray hair than you. <laughs> and then if you want to, uh, you, you go through and you're like, hey, that uh, Marsha's answer was direct to the point. Uh, I never thought of it that way you can get a hold of Marsha and, and exactly. start a conversation that way. And it's like, wow, she really knows her blueberries. She, you know, <laughs> I didn't know you. you know, yeah. My grandpa and my dad, they got lucky that they were just in a spot where it worked out. But I have seen a cl- old client of mine that uh, he went from a seven, five and over the course of a couple of years ended up with like an eight. And uh, he mm. very much regretted his decision because uh that crop is not happy at an 8 pH, and he ended up having to come back with sulfur. But And unfortunately, he did that because uh, somebody uh, 
who didn't quite understand what they were doing. Well, they, just like I think this person may have that asked the original question may have misunderstood that when they were throwing down the line, they thought they were using it like gypsum and didn't realize, oh, wait, I'm actually pulling the pH up to the point where they were in that part of that photo that we were talking about where it was in the red, where yep. nothing was being cold. There we go. Great point. And so that, again, no question is too basic to ask and be as specific as you can. And that, folks, is the you need to know this week. So thanks for coming on, Marsha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for everyone else, we'll see ya.